You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah. Boom, you can't get fooled again. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Is there any music or anything? Do we what usually do play music? <laughs> Not once in Never. 269 episodes. We don't start the show off with music or anything? No. We gotta get a house band. Well, we do, but we put it in in post. Oh, I see. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, with Marcus Parks. No guest today, just Marcus and I, which is just fine, Marcus. Yeah. Next week, we're going to have this guy, Mark McKinnon, on, who is the producer of uh, the Showtime docuseries, The Circus. So that'll be very exciting. But let's get to today's largest news. And when I say largest, I mean fattest. <gasps> oh, my God, he's gone. Oh, our number one guy, our number one Canadian, the only good Canadian left the- since John Candy died. That's right. <laughs> All right. The former mayor of Toronto. He died. He's gone forever. Gone. And how did he die, Marcus? Was it a was it a crack cocaine overdose? Did he have too many uh, bizarre barbecue ribs at a terrible barbecue restaurant in Toronto? <laughs> no, Rob Ford unfortunately died of a rare and aggressive form of soft tissue cancer. Well, he had a lot of soft tissue for the cancer to live in. <laughs> Luckiest cancer on earth. That cancer struck gold. My God. A lot of soft tissue in the guys. So he's gone. That's sad. Yeah. I liked him because he was a real people's mayor. Yeah. He related to his constituents so much. He did such a good job of understanding who the people were in his district. He did drugs with them. (laughs) I mean, it was amazing. Smoke crack with them. He would just smoke a little crack. But you know what happens when you smoke crack with your constituents? You get answers. What is bothering you about the city? The water isn't wet enough. I need more water. We got to get him more water. If the Governor Schneider of Flint uh, of Michigan would have gone down to Flint and smoked some drugs with the people living there, he would have been much. Uh, quicker to handle the Flint water crisis. I am telling you right now, if you're in public office, get out of your office, close the back door, tell your secretary I'm going somewhere. Nobody follow me. 
go to one of the poorer neighborhoods or hell, a good middle class neighborhood, any one of the neighborhoods, everyone's doing drugs, sit down on the couch, do drugs, do drugs with your constituents and figure out what the problems are in your community. Rob Ford did it best. <laughs> he did, of course. He was a larger than life personality. Larger than life. Once famously called himself 300 pounds of fun. And he was 300 pounds <laughs> of fun. And, you know, the rehab, he was really going through it. <laughs> a couple of times in rehab. So Rob Ford is gone. We haven't thought about him in quite a while. We did not know where he had, uh, where he went off to, but uh, I, I guess he was fighting a disease. So rest in peace, Mr. Ford, and we're going to miss your presence. And uh, we're not Canadian, but the Canadian nation thanks you. <laughs> yeah. Trudeau thanks you. <laughs> I promise. All right, so we're talking about Trudeau there. Well, let's move on to some other socialists. Let's go to communists. Uh, Cuba. Obama's in Cuba. Marcus, what do you think about these pictures of Barack Obama, a sitting U.S. president? Often he stands as well. A current U.S. president in Cuba taking a picture in front of a mural of Che Guevara. Che is great on a T-shirt, I've mm-hmm. got to say. If you want to get laid in college, uh, you know, wear it. Our friend Saman Arbabi does a lot of research on Che Guevara. Of course, Saman Arbabi is an international journalist. And I was speaking with him about Che one evening over some cocktails, and he mentioned to me that Che was basically one of the stinkiest guys around. I, Apparently, he was notoriously odorous. Yeah, well, I mean, he's this out is in true. the jungle a lot. And he was hairy, and all he did was <laughs> sleep and drink. And he said... Put him to the gulags. He sent people to gulags. I swear to God. But what do you think about that? Because personally, we have a terrorist attack in Brussels right now. This country is in complete and utter shambles. And we have our president going over there having photo ops with Raul Castro, who sounds like a straight up out of a street fighter villain. And uh, he's taking photo ops with uh, Mr. Castro in front of a mural uh, mural of Che, and it was a very awkward photo op where Barack Obama looked more reptilian than he's ever looked before. Did you see the picture? I mean, there's a, a fair, where, actually a lot of pictures of him in front of the, uh, I mean, he's just. But no, did you see the picture of Castro raising his arm, but Obama doesn't really want his arm to be raised, <laughs> so he kind of goes limped wrist with it? No, I haven't seen you that You gotta photo. Google it. It's very <laughs> reptilian. It's creepy. You can see his eyes uh, go vertical like as if he was a cat. It's a terrifying image. I do not believe it sends the best message uh, to the country right now. It's a terrible photo op, and I'm not sure why they allowed it to occur. He's actually got a... He went limp wrist. Totally limp wrist. He was straight up. He was Sarah Jessica Parker in (laughs) Sex in the City when uh, when she's getting courted by Mr. Big. And she goes limp in the wrist because she wanted to feel... Super feminine. I have a feeling he just didn't want his arms raised uh, as if he was Rocky Balboa after he just survived the fight with Apollo Creed. I think he thought that would be a bad photo op, so ironically he made it look much worse, but he didn't think the picture in front of the mural of Che would have any negative impact whatsoever. I mean, it's the picture of him in the mural in front of the Che mural, it's... I mean, I, I I don't think that he would have been able to. I'm sure they steered him towards this area. There's sure. pictures of Che everywhere. Right. And what's he going to do? Like, no, 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 put away the cameras. Fuck, you know what fuck, he should have done? Put away the cameras. No pictures. He should have unfurled that beautiful banner that W put on the <laughs> Navy vessel that just had two words. Mission, Mission accomplished. accomplished. 
Boom. <laughs> Anytime a U.S. president goes overseas or is on a Navy vessel, he should constantly have the backdrop mission accomplished. We don't know what the mission is. We definitely know it's not accomplished. No, it's definitely not. And that but, it should be Carmen Electra and Ginny McCarthy carrying it. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> or just a good picture of John Goodman. <laughs> Everywhere we go, we've got to have the best Americans in the background, and John Goodman is one of the better Americans that's ever lived. And now that I think about it, he could play Rob Ford in a major motion picture <laughs> if he gains some of the weight back. Yeah. He did lose a little bit. But I do understand, and I agree. Okay, there are Che pictures everywhere. It's not the largest deal on the face of the planet. It definitely plays into the narrative that he's a socialist and uh, he hates America and he's destroying the country from the inside. But sitting presidents have often met with dictators. For example, Saddam Hussein, yeah. the person that you know met with Donald Rumsfeld and uh, and and H. W. Bush and Ronald Reagan and, and uh, Clinton. And uh, right before you know, twenty years later, of course, we had him hung in the middle of Baghdad. So it's not the largest deal on the face of the planet. We're constantly having photo ops with dictators who are currently alive. So I suppose having a picture taken with you in front of a mural of a former revolutionary isn't the worst thing. It just doesn't seem to be the best photo op, in my personal opinion. But you get the feeling Obama gives less than a shit. <laughs> he could just, he's just, I think he's actually yeah. my favorite. He's doing a great job being a lame duck. He's like, if I'm a lame duck, I'm just going to go and swim in the pond that has the most amount of food for me to eat. <laughs> less than a year, less than a fuck, man. He yeah, is doesn't just, care. he's just having a great time. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Supreme Court justice thing is happening right now. So there's this guy, Merrick, I believe it's Merrick Garland, mm-hmm. which hell of a name. Merrick Garland. Merrick. Who did that? Why'd they do that to him? <laughs> Merrick. I mean, it sounds kind of good if you're in the Air Force and you know how to shoot down multiple planes. <laughs> it's got a Maverick-type style to it. Yeah, it was but a, Merrick. Yeah, it's what the uh, Elephant Man, that's, that was his name. Was it? Yeah. The, so and, and so why do they call him Elephant Man? It's because he had elephantitis, so he was all blown up everywhere. No, he, uh, what he, the Elephant Man actually had was uh, he had a weird form of uh, benign cancer on his oh, okay. bones, which caused him to be extremely deformed. Why mm. they called him the Elephant Man is still a mystery. Just kind of be mean. Just be extra mean to the <laughs> yeah, poor guy who, who has cancer. <laughs> it, was a t- it was a tough time to have cancer back then, yeah. but you could make a hell of a lot of money off of it. Yeah, he actually ended his life, uh, I think it was in the Tower of London, because oh. the Queen was a big fan of him. She uh, was, huh? Yeah, she was a huge fan of uh, Joseph Merrick. Bring me the elephant man. <laughs> That's kind of terrifying to think that she just loved oddities of all types. Yeah. But I suppose it's kind of sweet. She what, did love oddities of all types. Yeah, uh, yeah the Tom Thumb came and visited her, visited her once. And she and gave why'd him they a, call him Tom Thumb? Because he was the size of a thumb. He was about two and a half feet tall. Well, it's a pretty big thumb. <laughs> I think if a person had a thumb that size, they would, have a, they would be called elephant hand. <laughs> elephant thumb man. So uh, Merrick Garland, he is being floated for the Supreme Court. Mitch McConnell has promised not to do anything uh, as far as appointing a justice during the lame duck uh, term. They act, uh, during uh, the final year here of uh, President Obama's presidency, they call it the Biden rule, ironically enough, because Joe Biden uh, said that you do not have to appoint a Supreme Court justice in the final year of somebody's presidency. So the Republicans are using uh, the old vice president. They're using his own words against him. But this guy, from what I can tell, other than a little bit of the NRA backlash, which is always extremely overblown because the NRA calls you anti-gun if you so much as like don't shoot your omelet. 
You know, if you're just like at breakfast and you didn't like just, you got to shoot it. You got to shoot your omelet. If you don't shoot your potato before you eat it, they'll call you anti-gun. I don't think his stance against the Second Amendment is uh, very legitimate whatsoever. It's He's a rational person. And he didn't actually pass that uh I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know we have some listeners who love uh, guns and things like that. So go to the Facebook page or Marcus. Maybe you can find an example of some egregious act against guns. But I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't find anything. I thought it was mostly rhetoric and uh, and a reason to uh, not support this man who was an extreme moderate. So. Yeah, he's absolutely. I mean, this is the the perfect trap for Obama. It's also or it's the best gift that Obama could give to. Uh Anyone coming up for election in November, uh, anybody in the Senate coming up for election right. in November, because this mm-hmm. just shows it. Every single person, every Democrat running against a Republican can hold this up as a perfect example well, of useless Republican obstructionism. Like, sure. why? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you supporting this guy? Why are you allowing the Supreme Court uh, to lay fallow, especially in this situation where the Republican establishment which is a bit of a cliche now, basically the people who have appointed the presidential, the Republican nominee for the past multiple cycles are extremely upset with the notion of Donald Trump being president. So it is interesting that they would leave a Supreme Court seat vacant just in case Trump does get in, which I can't wait if that would happen and he gets to appoint a Supreme Court nominee, Melania. <laughs> it's his wife, Melania. Melania will be the best. She will be the best Supreme Court justice. Does she have a good law degree? No, she has good judgment. Good judgment. <laughs> and a bunch, a bunch of very saucy nudes, borderline nude pictures on the internet, which they're trying to use in negative ads against Donald Trump, saying, do you want this woman to be our first lady? Yes. <laughs> yeah? Absolutely. I mean, I want her to be our first lady. I don't want Trump to be president. But maybe, <laughs> so maybe Hillary can, you know, come out and get with Melania or yeah. Bernie. Bernie, you break up with Jane. Oh, you think Hillary's going to get rid of Huma? Huma. <laughs> Huma Abedin, Anthony Weiner's beautiful wife. They are a bit close, her and Hillary. And there's no way that Huma has had sex with Anthony Weiner in, what do you think, three years? No, four years? But that was about three, four years ago, yeah, ever since Weinergate. Ever since Weinergate, Sidney Leathers. Oh, Sidney Leathers. Couldn't get enough of sending <laughs> pictures of his packages via Twitter. And he didn't even know how to direct message. Yeah. He's a real moron. His political career is completely over. So that's very interesting that the that the Republicans wouldn't. Uh, you want you wonder if they're just making it a longer process than it has to be for uh, political posturing reasons. But I agree with you. It does play into the rhetoric that they're just obstructionists at this point and they're not doing anything to govern. Yeah. Okay. So I think just this or. The other theory is that Obama's floating this Garland character out there. As soon as they say yes, he flips the script and he puts in somebody who is much more liberal, throws that out, and uh, and then he proves that they're just playing politics with the Supreme Court, which we live in this complete and utter world, this fallacy, this notion that the Supreme Court is not a political extension of the government is the dumbest thing that is ever... Any, if you think that, hey, you know what? I got a timeshare. Oh, yeah? It's my apartment, Uh huh. and you can just come and cuddle with me in bed. <laughs> and you just pay me a bunch of money to do it. And a bonus mouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pudgy the mouse. <laughs> it's a feature. It's not a problem. I haven't seen Pudgy in a little while. I'm worried uh-huh. the landlord got to him. Uh-huh. For those that haven't kept up with the drama, Pudgy <laughs> and I, we've been watching. We watched House of Cards together. <laughs> He's such a great mouse. He was a cute one, and I could tell he was clean. Yeah. Yeah, he was clean. Yeah. 
because he was. I think he was born in the apartment. Not he just, a garbage mouse. He was not a garbage <laughs> mouse. And even if he was a garbage mouse, I would spray water on him. <laughs> I got a little spray bottle. You know, they say rats make amazing pets. They do. Uh, I mean, you know, city rats are different than uh, than your country rats or the rats you might buy at a pet farm or something mm-hmm. or a uh, pet store. Yeah, can't make a can't make a hoe a housewife, man. No, dude, that has nothing to do with pudgy, <laughs> nor the rat. That's fine. So anyway. Uh, let's go back here. Let's talk a little bit of domestic politics when it comes to, we got three, this is Tuesday. What's the date? March 22nd, Marcus? Uh, 21st. It's the 22nd. 22nd, it is. All right. So we got Utah, Idaho, and uh, the uh, third. Arizona. Arizona. All right. Arizona looks to be going for Donald Trump. It's a very interesting uh, primary Sheriff Joe Arpaio, one of the worst human beings in the history of this country. For those that don't remember, he runs a, a, a jail in Arizona. They're very proud of dehumanizing the inmates. They make them wear pink underwear. And just as uh, Jim Jones or Kim Jong-un does, he speaks over a loudspeaker pretty much whenever he wants to mm-hmm. and screams at them, uh, demoralizes them. They sleep outside in a thing called Tent City, which would be great if Fish was playing <laughs> or if everyone got a hallucinogens as if it was Bonnaroo or what's another hip band? I'm going to say Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, Is he he's good? The, he's the hippest right now. I always thought Chris Christopherson had some good stuff with Barbara Streisand. And, well, actually, is it? Well, is Barbara Streisand stuff isn't not all that the best great. stuff. Not the best stuff. But like his album back in 1970, had like Casey's Last Ride and Sunday Morning go. Coming Down. Like that's I was just listening to that album two nights ago. I well, love Chris Christopherson. It's a great album. Either way, there's no great talent performing for these people in Tent City. They're living like people did in Woodstock 1999, Ugh. minus the drugs, but the rape is still happening, <laughs> which yeah. is absolutely awful. So Sheriff Joe Arpaio, he's a still a powerful force in the Republican Party in that state. I you have to really be a mean-spirited um, person to support this man. Uh, and I understand. I mean, you know, you watch that great documentary, Cartel Land. Mm-hmm. I understand the border problem. Um, because I watched a documentary from my couch, I got the border problem. <laughs> yeah, you solved it. Uh, no, have I, you, no, have you not, solved it? I solved it. Oh, yeah, so what's the solution? People want to build a wall. You um, know what I want to do? A moat. <laughs> go down. We already got a one. hole. It's, Marcus, we it's got called the Rio Grande. Texas you, already has a moat. What do you like to do, Marcus? You like to dig. I do. As president. <laughs> I got my border my border security, my number one border security agent, Marcus Parks. He's going to build a moat. Woo! He's digging a hole so deep. You can't see all the finger guns that I'm doing right now, but I'm doing a bunch of them. There's about eight finger guns in that. <laughs> so uh, Donald Trump has been, uh, uh, Arpaio is one of his uh, supporters, and uh, he's a terrible person. So, he, But he's doing great uh, in the Arizona primary. And uh, it's very interesting because there is mass amounts of protest. And again, Marcus, I have to disagree with the protesters. They are halting democracy. I, I not do s- not like Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and I do not believe Donald Trump should be president. But you got to let people go to the rallies, and you have to let people vote for the candidate they choose to vote for. Oh, yeah. I don't agree with what they're—I don't think they're doing a great job. I think they're kind of fucking it up a little bit. But I think that what they're doing is important. I think. It's, well, I, I think they're just stopping traffic, Marcus. It, well, I, I don't—see, I didn't— 
didn't say that the, I agreed with that. Didn't say that I agreed with right. them stopping traffic. But them going to the rallies and proving that these people are one second away mm. from a sucker punch. That was just another one a couple days ago. A what beatdown. Of oh a protester. Well, you know they what? Were, I thought that was refreshing. Down. It was a black Donald Trump supporter beating up a white Donald Trump protester. I thought that was important for civil rights. Ugh. Times are changing, Marcus. <laughs> I, I guess. That's a positive step in the right direction. <laughs> I guess. But we're going to have a Mexican beating up a, I don't even, <laughs> an Irishman. It'll be perfect. Yeah, that beatdown was brutal. And that's what the protesters, yeah. that's what they're proving. They're proving that, that this is not just a, an emotional anger. Like, this can turn and does turn into physical violence at the drop of a hat. Protesters people, are violent, too, though. They're not all innocent victims. Nope. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they're not all innocent and, victims. And I didn't say yeah. that they're all innocent victims. But yeah. they are definitely getting sucker punched more than they are starting the fight. Tough to say. Tough no, to say. It's, I will it's say absolutely this. No, very, I w- it's very easy to say. I know it's not. It's, it's not easy. To, <laughs> it's I'm not extremely saying. Extremely easy to say. The protesters. No, I, I don't mind if it's protester on protester. I have no problem with a little clash. But you know what? Obviously, we cannot be supporting these police. If you look at the video footage uh, from some of the Chicago riots, which I understand, the police are stressed. They don't want to be out there. Whatever. That is the job they signed up to do. People at McDonald's don't want to make your dumb burger when they're hungover, but they still make it until the machines take over. Yeah. Thank God. Um, But there was some amazing, disturbing footage of the police going, uh, I thought, a little bit overboard when it came to uh, the handling of the protesters. But protester on protester, have at it. Have at it? So just have at the sucker punch, the elbow in the face? It's not a... Look! Look around. You're on a swivel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Swivel around. You gotta go on a swivel. Yeah. I was in a... What are you gonna see? An old man's like, oh, that old man's probably gonna run over here and put an elbow right in my face. He was 78. He gets one sucker punch every 10 years. I don't know if I agree with that. No, I don't agree with that either. (laughs) Nonetheless, so in Arizona, what they're doing, uh, yes, obviously, uh, we have to treat people with respect. I I do think Trump should have done a much better job of, of, uh, you know, cooling the temperature in the room. He does a... He does not understand yeah. how to uh, calm situations, that it would be completely counterintuitive to every single thing his campaign is doing, which is just fanning the flames of anger and uh, and the amount of but the positive side of that is, of course, the amount of enthusiasm, rage against the machine esque mosh pitting political mosh pits. Occurring, you know, but rage against the machine. Uh, speaking of Chicago riots, you remember that video where they were performing on Wall Street? Yeah, uh, not on Wall Street. They they did a they did a concert in Chicago, and uh, it just ended. It was like a two hour concert, and it just ended with them, the people who were watching the concert, just destroying the city. <laughs> because Rage Against the Machine did such a great job. The, the show was so good. But unharnessed energy like that can be in, in the wrong hands. It can lead to uh, mayhem. Yeah. And Trump needs to understand that he's got to tone down the rhetoric and not encourage people to uh, have individuals leaving on stretchers. Yeah. Although. And saying. It would be, be kind of nice. to should beat the crap out of them. And well, yeah. Saying we yeah. should rough him up. Well, but you know. If you go back to the good old days when we could rough him up. Queen Carlotta. <laughs> Queen Okay. John Waters. You're talking about Desperate Living Desperate now. Living, <laughs> one of the best movies of all time. Queen Carlotta was constantly carried around on a stretcher, and she was royalty. <laughs> so if you think about it like that, these protesters are just getting escorted out in the most 
positive way possible on their backs. Um, I love to lie on my back. Only if they were being escorted out by fuckboys in uh, S&M gear. Oh, all right. Dicks waving out. Anyways. They're not going to do that at a Trump rally. They might. They might. <laughs> Who knows what the hell happens. So they're shutting down traffic so people can't go to, uh, to uh, see Donald Trump speak in Arizona. It's becoming um, a bit more extreme as uh, as the election uh, as as his as his um, campaign becomes more serious. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Hotels.com here. Tired of living like a sardine? We know a hotel where you can enjoy the open ocean. Book hotels with ocean views in the Hotels.com app. Find your perfect somewhere. So it's very interesting. Either way, he's going to do great in Arizona. He's going to lose Utah. Not because of Mitt Romney's tepid support of uh, of Ted Cruz or the Mitt Romney robocall. I just think his message does not resonate with the religious individuals of Utah whatsoever. I mean, evangelicals, they're allowed to drink. Right. That's the main difference. <laughs> People, Mormons, say what you want about them. They are of even mind. Uh, yes. Constantly. <laughs> it's like too much. They can't even have caffeine. They have nothing. Yeah. They They've never had a five-hour energy drink. Can they even eat beef jerky? <laughs> Too much sodium. Too much it's sodium. It's all hopped up. No. And, right. uh, and Donald Trump also questioned uh, whether Mitt Romney, is Mitt Romney actually a Mormon? Out of all the questions. See, this is why I don't even get offended about Donald Trump questioning Obama's birth certificate. He just questions everything. <laughs> I think he's just a confused, he's a confused boy. He questions everything but himself. Well, he questions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. So he loses in Utah. Utah and uh, and Arizona are both winner take all, I believe. And I believe Idaho is as well for the Republicans. So it'll be split. Ted Cruz is still the only one uh, that has any possibility of catching up to Donald Trump, which he would have to win 80% or more of every delegate from each state moving forward, which would mean he would have to win and win in a landslide. And let's be honest, again, like we mentioned on the last episode, Ted Cruz eats his own, like, what, like skin balls. <laughs> Whatever the hell those things are. It was probably the consensus now is that it's a tonsil stone. It was a tonsil yeah. stone. Have you ever seen tonsil stones I, being removed? I did. I watched a presidential debate <laughs> and I got to, uh, I actually got to see one right then. No, no, no. Go on YouTube and look at uh, tonsil stones being removed. Uh, from mouths, and mm. uh, and then imagine that's what's going on in Ted Cruz's mouth all the time. Know mm. that what is on, going on on the outside, that ugliness, that disturbing visage, is being reflected in the back of his throat. All right, we'll leave the guy alone. He's got a medical condition for crying out loud. All right, so this is something, to, and of course, then we have Idaho, and I believe Idaho is Trump country as well. For the Democrats, Idaho's actually uh, can be a toss-up toss up because Idaho has a sizable Mormon population. Does it? Yeah, they can eat potatoes, I guess, huh? <laughs> it borders. That's Utah. just enough fun. Idaho but borders you, Utah. You can boil a potato, but you can't <laughs> bake it. That's the Mormon rule. 
Um, and then with the Democrats, Marcus, do you have the numbers on on the uh, on the on the poor poor Democrats? Bernie is not doing too well. Anyway, but this the is, numbers as far as what the delegate count is right uh, now. No, as far as the polls in uh, in these three states, if you could find them, I don't even know. Uh, you know, they're all over the place. But this is something to look for in the Republican Party, and we'll know for a fact it's going to be a brokered convention if this occurs. I believe we mentioned it on the last episode or the episode before 2012 when Mitt Romney was running. There was a candidate named Ron Paul who had the Ron Paul Revolution and uh, very probably the most successful libertarian to ever run uh, for the presidency. Romney's campaign was extremely concerned about the rise of Ron Paul and his political revolution. I mean, you remember this bizarre Bernie-esque old guy. No one really understands why the youth support him. But what was he? He had had convictions, Mm -hmm. a funny accent, (laughs) and you were like... You know what? It looks like he's got he's too small for a suit. What? And I love people who don't fit in their suit right. Ron he's such a lovable guy. So they put in this rule because, you know, the RNC, they just in the DNC, but they're constantly just fiddling with the rules. Yeah. And I made a funny joke on the Great Gutfeld show. I said they fiddle with the rules more than Bill Clinton fiddles with the you know, the boobs yeah. at the uh, Museum of Sex, you know. And uh, man, people laughed. Did they know? They did. There was a live audience <laughs> and I met Dave Navarro. <laughs> From uh, yes, I met Dave Navarro. Yeah, which was, from yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers and no Jane's more, Addiction. I was about to say, more importantly, Jane's Addiction. Yes, that yeah. was very exciting. He touched me and I hugged him. Daddy smell very good. I bet so. Man, he was a cool guy, nice guy, <laughs> so much cooler than me. Yeah, he's cooler than all of us. He's yeah. Dave Navarro. He used to bang Carmen Electra. My God, Oof. I like to shake his dick. <laughs> Just hello. Did a little. Just diddle it. <laughs> anyway, so they're always fiddling with the rules the same way I was fiddling with Dave Navarro uh, on uh, the Greg Gutfeld show. And uh, so they put in the rule where you have to win uh, in eight states, you have to win 50% or more of the delegates in at least eight states to be on the ballot when it goes to the convention. So something to look out for as soon as they repeal that, as soon as Reince Priebus. Reince Priebus. Ugh, as soon as the Preeb comes up <laughs> and uh, and announces that the Ron Paul, uh, Ron Paul rule is now off the books, we know for sure that they are going to be uh, going for the brokered convention. And at that point, of course, Ron Paul could come in. Uh, Paul Ryan, uh, Mitt Romney, which this whole notion of Mitt Romney being the saving grace for the Republican Party, I still don't understand why they're relying on him to you know, get any kind of support for any candidate. He couldn't get support for himself, and he's just as he's more boring than ever. Yeah, it's all they got. He's and literally doing robocalls, but it's not a robot. It's him. <laughs> I mean, it's he's doing robocalls for Ted Cruz, but he hates Ted Cruz. Yeah. Lindsey Graham came out in support of Ted Cruz, but he hates Ted Cruz. Yeah. It's a. It's all just about anti-Trump. It's not pro-Ted Cruz whatsoever, which I assume is how Ted Cruz has been able to do well at anything in his life. It's just he has to go against somebody that's so much... I mean, Donald Trump is actually more likable, but I guess someone who is, like, more frightening or too cool... I don't even know. Actually, I don't even... If if I, I had know. to vote, I be, if I had to choose between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, like literally, I would vote for Donald Trump. I think I'm, I can't vote for Ted I Cruz. I can't. I just, I just, I don't know. It's either one of them, like President Cruz. Well, either way, like Ted Cruz, Ugh. President Ted Cruz. Well, he wouldn't be going over to Cuba. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 
But he president, does not like the Cuban government. I mean, I can honestly, I can say President Donald Trump easier than I can say President Ted Cruz. Yeah, it's not right. <laughs> so look out for that. That's going to be very interesting if they repeal the Ron Paul rule that they put in place in 2012. You know for a fact we've got a brokered convention on our hands. Yeah. Uh, very interesting little tidbit because right now it would be uh, it would solely be Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. Even if it were a brokered convention, it would still just be those two. In which case, I don't think the delegate math changes whatsoever, and Ted and, and Donald Trump probably ends up uh, winning on a first ballot. Yeah. All right. So, were you able to find any numbers for the Dems? Yeah. 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 Okay. Actually, was it? It looks like uh, Arizona uh, Clinton is. She is up there, fifty percent to twenty four percent. Where's the other? Who are the other? Undecided, man. Think about it. <laughs> I hate undecided so much. You know, the most aggravating thing that around some of the Democratic primary ballots, I haven't seen any uh, any of these on the Republican, is the either one. Yeah, the either one. What are you doing? <laughs> you actively left your house to go say I don't care. <laughs> Okay, so it's not looking good for Bernie in Arizona, and uh, like we saw in Michigan when Bernie was able to really get an upset, I think the Hillary supporters understand they have to go out and uh, and actively vote for her and uh, and keep the pressure on. All right, yeah. so that's not that's not looking great for the Bernie supporters, and I apologize to you. Utah looks all right. Sanders is up eight points there. I could see that. I could yeah. see uh, Sanders doing well in Utah. It's one of those, ironically enough, uh, the people who are in the Democratic Party in states like Utah, like Wisconsin, a lot of these more isolated, homogenous states, they rebel against the conservative brand that their parents love and uh, a lot of their family loves, and they don't have any problem with uh, going with uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, a socialist. No, absolutely not. Uh, in Idaho, it says, uh, hadn't been much polling done in Idaho on the Democratic side. They're busy. <laughs> they say that uh, what they did do. This should um, be Bernie country, though, don't you think? It's a lot of farmers. They just say that they were within the 4% margin of error of okay. each other. So it's right. a, a neck and neck. Um, All right. So, Bern- but that was also last month, and in primaries, right. everything can change. But now, don't month. you think though? Iowa does fit the I- Iowa fits the. Idaho. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, Idaho fits uh, Bernie country, think- mostly white. You got working class, not extremely wealthy. Uh, I could see him doing well there. Yeah, I could see him hanging out in Des Moines. Again, I mean, Arizona. Right, no, that's Iowa. What is this? Bo- I- Boise, Boise, Idaho. Yeah, him. Yeah. He can hang out in Des Moines. He can hang out in Boise. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Burlington. And Boise, they got a good uh, college football team. They wear blue. Yeah, they do. I always like that. I I, I think they have a blue football field, too, which is kind of tough to watch on TV. (laughs) They didn't think about the optics for the television. But okay, so Bernie could do two out of three uh, today. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. My prediction is he goes, let's uh, give give him Utah, Mm. and we'll have Hillary take Idaho and Arizona. Trump wins uh, Arizona, Idaho. Loses Utah to Ted Cruz. Ugh. Utah. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> this sucks. Face. <laughs> and it's like he just sucks how so do you, much. Yeah. Oh, uh, if you did, you watch the compilation of him every time there's an applause break. The little smile that he does. He's so happy. <laughs> He's so happy when people it's applaud like, him. It's a tickle. It's a butthole tickle smile. Like he yeah. just gets this. He gets a little boost every time. It's a, he, it's the good boy smile. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you've been a good boy. Hadn't you, Teddy? Oh, oh, he's a good boy. All right, we don't get into the BDSM <laughs> lifestyle of Ted Cruz. No, he, it's not BDSM. I think he's a diaper fetish guy. Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Well, that's 
Good for him. You can see Ted Cruz fill up a diaper full of poopy. All right, all right. Come on, take it easy. It's possible that he is. All right. So let's just uh, let's see. Let's let's finish up here. We had um, we have these terrorist attacks in Brussels, which is going to be interesting. And we also have APAC happening right now. And it was our first time that we saw Donald Trump have a written speech. And Marcus, how do you think you did? I actually thought he sounded more presidential or more serious about being president than ever before, but that doesn't really make him sound extremely presidential. I mean, I'm somewhat at, at a disadvantage because I didn't watch the speech. I just read about it. He uh, tried. <laughs> he did. He was. Just, but he still brought up art of the deal. Well, he, but he, you know he, what? Yeah, he said, like, listen. Yeah. He's like, listen, I can make deals. I can he make did. deals. I made the best selling. I made the best selling book about a deal of all time. I made the best selling book, The Art of the Deal. I but can make what deals. What didn't he do? He did not bring Trump steaks on stage. <laughs> he did not bring Trump wine or Trump water. And no point was he just talking about how the sham wow is super absorbent. <laughs> uh, that's good. He didn't. Uh, he didn't um, oxyclean uh-huh. a shirt after he spilled coffee on it. So in other um, words, he's starting to learn how to use a toilet. He's being he's, toilet trained. What do you mean he's being toilet trained? <laughs> I mean that like, oh, like last week he was shitting in his pants and now this week he can almost poopy in the uh, toilet. Why are you going poop crazy at the end of the episode? <laughs> I don't know You got why. poop on the mind. I do got poop on the mind. Get rid of the poop mind. <laughs> no, he's a pitch man. But he's becoming less of a pitch man. Yeah, but and he still brought up his book all well, about pitching. It's very interesting. Yes, he did. But th- many people in uh, in the audience... They were extremely hesitant to have Donald Trump come and speak in front of them. There was a protest even there. Um, Some of the people walked out because he had made previous comments about how he would remain neutral in the Palestinian uh, v. Israel. We'll call it dispute. It's a friendly debate. (laughs) And so they weren't sure if he firmly uh, supported the state of Israel. In this case, uh, he just went in and uh, he has been very negative towards the Iran deal. So we just kind of tripled down on the rhetoric with that. Of course, the Iranians have recently created, uh, they, did a, they did a missile test, and they literally wrote in Farsi, Israel must be wiped off the face of the earth. That's what they wrote, the which missile? is a, a full sentence. <laughs> so I guess it was a large missile. <laughs> but yeah. Woo, that's uh, provocative. It was provocative. <laughs> Israel didn't like it too much, and nor did Donald Trump. No, yeah, Donald Trump said during that speech, he said, listen, I've read it. Uh, I've read more than anybody else. More than anyone else. He's like, I've read more than anyone else in this, which, uh, as the Daily News article said, brought titters from the crowd. Yes, he actually ended up kind of winning them over. It was was an interesting event for uh, Donald. I don't think that he... uh, he didn't hurt himself today. He yeah, kept saying, believe me, over and over again by so, the end of it. You just got to. Yeah. You got to. He's such a magician. It's very interesting. You know, I was talking with some people um, who work on the television side of, of, of news, and just the rifts he's causing on the on the micro level of, of, of uh, TV news with people hedging their bets, mm-hmm. you know, and people, uh, you know, actively supporting him on television because they know for a fact if he would win the presidency, he's going to be a second boss. Yeah. He would call up the CNNs of the world, Fox News is of the world, and literally be like, I don't like what this person said. Don't have him back. Yeah. Or I love this person. And he's on every single day now. It's very interesting. So you can sort of see the rifts happening on that side of uh, uh, you know of people supporting him regardless of if they think his he would be a good president or not, but they're just supporting him because they think if he does win, 
They're hedging his bets that they're hedging their bets that Hillary might be indicted or that she's a, a, flat, a fatally flawed candidate and Donald could sneak in. Then their careers are going to be made. Or even if he loses, at the very least, they think they could have a career with the uh, with the Trump name and the Trump brand. It's a very fascinating situation. I think he's a dark wizard. He might be a dark wizard. I had a uh, I had an opportunity to do red eye. I was um, working with the fellow who ran Newt Gingrich's campaign in 2012, and this is just a little tidbit I learned. Callista Gingrich hates children. <laughs> it's, it's so the Bird Woman. The Bird Woman. <laughs> Birds don't like kids. Yeah. Are we all wrapped up with the uh, with the primary stuff? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So this is just a little bit off topic here. Yeah, I learned Bird. Yeah, Callista hates children, <laughs> and after so what happened was. Uh, Newt Gingrich won a debate in 2012, and my God, go back and listen to these old episodes of Top Hat. Uh, we this is our second campaign we've covered, and uh, so he won a debate, and this was right before South Carolina. This guy who became the head of his campaign 15 days previous, he was a volunteer, and he just like, <laughs> and then Newt was just like, "You're the head of it." Swear to God, out of nowhere, <laughs> and uh, so Newt does well in the debate, and the next day, Newt's like, "Okay, great, we have all these events." The new campaign manager, he's like, Newt could just fuck it up. <laughs> so what he did was he just canceled everything. He canceled every event leading up to South Carolina, which Newt ended up winning, <laughs> other than one event where Callista was having a photo op of her reading to children. <laughs> and apparently he said Callista was so pissed that those children were so uncomfortable. The photo op was great. Yeah. But she hates kids. <laughs> And she was so pissed she had to go read to them, I believe, in a hospital. <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting little to, those goddamn kids in that goddamn hospital. Why are you making me why are you making me do this, Newt? Right. Why? She's got to I, I suppose they all hate children, right? I think that most of them do, yeah. They're all yeah. like uh the house of cards. Mm, I loved it. By the way, the if, Underwoods. You if you haven't seen season four, even if you hated season three of House of Cards, I think you'll really like season four. It's it's exciting. Every single episode, you know what it is, Marcus? My, my jaw dropped. <laughs> I got a jaw dropper, yeah. and, I, and I burned through it. It yeah. was super fun. Did you watch it? I did. It, it was great. It's like a comic book. It is like a comic book. Yeah. And Robin Wright, I mean, God, she is so hot. It's mm. crazy. She's got to be in her 50s, right? Uh, she is, I think, like 52 or something Good like that. Lord. And she's the executive producer. She's crushing that entire, that whole series she destroys. 49. 49. All right. So that's, I think that's that's enough information for today. I think so. All right. Go to the Facebook page. Uh, it's just Abe Lincoln's Top Hat on Facebook, obviously. And you can follow and, you know, put, uh, post some stuff on there. Let us know what you think. Uh, Bill Clinton, uh, there was just an interesting video that I posted on there. Bill Clinton going way off, way off message for Hillary Clinton. Uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign talking about how we need we've had seven years of uh, an awful seven years and an awful eight years before that they're trying to spin that as if he was talking about like Marcus mentioned earlier Republican obstructionism but there's no way the Obamas and the Clintons hate each other and I cannot wait for the Clintons to die so Barack just goes off <laughs> Michelle is the one is the going to be the one who just goes off she is cracking her knuckles oh my god <laughs> they despise each other there is no love lost for that uh, between them whatsoever. So that that's interesting. You wonder if Bill is going to continue to be a liability. He's sort of lost it. Yeah. He's kind of lost that He's charm. Old. He's licking his lips weird. <laughs> I swear to God. And he old men once we get to a certain age, we don't know how to open or close our mouths, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe it was it was sexy to have them. What's it called when you uh, um 
like pucker them a little bit. Uh huh. But it starts with a P. What's that called? Uh, purse. Purse. Purse yeah. your lips. Yeah. Purse. But it could be hot when you're young. But when you get old, you're just like, I, I think he's. He's losing it. <laughs> He's lost his mind. So everyone's posting, uh, a lot of people are posting fun videos there on the Facebook page. Um, Able Against Top Hat, check that out. Marcus Parks, you're on Twitter at Marcus Parks. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And uh, yeah, follow us. Anything else, Marcus? Uh, yeah, go listen oh, to the my Bone music. Show. Yeah, yeah, go listen to my music show, The Lucky Bone Show at mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. New episode yeah. every week. That's right. And keep on supporting all the shows here on CCR. We're doing great. Yeah. Man, these ito- the iTunes, uh, we're constantly crushing it. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone, yeah. for listening. All you guys have uh, stuck around. Very loyal listeners. We Very have. loyal. And uh, we, got, uh, we got Top Hat in the top 100. I think we cracked the top 70, something like that. And obviously, last podcast is always hanging out in there, so... Uh, It's really awesome. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.